Hi folks, my name is Linda Emmett and welcome to Happiness is an Inside Job. We are the creators of our own reality, we create our own lives. Our mind is our biggest limit and it's our own beliefs, behaviours and habits constantly caught in those cycles that keep us trapped where we are and stand in the way of our own happiness. So throughout this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into some of those beliefs, habits and patterns, where they show up in your lives and what you can do to change them. Hi Noodles, get ready to lube up those earlobes for part three in the mini-series. So on this week's podcast, we're going to take a dive into developmental trauma or what's otherwise known as adverse childhood experience. What it is, how it shows up and how to begin the reintegration of those parts of ourselves that we keep hidden, that are scared or that are showing up and impacting us in our lives today, but we don't fully understand what's going on. I often say to my clients when when I'm working with them one to one, you cannot go back and change what happened or how it impacted you back then. You cannot change the parents you had or how they reacted or responded to you, but you can absolutely become an amazing parent to yourself from now. And that's all self-care is in the end. It's us learning to parent, nurture and care for ourselves. There may have been gaps where we didn't get that ideal experience in that ideal environment and we have some things we need to heal, some wounds we need to soothe and that's fine, that's okay. I don't think there's one of us on the planet that escaped our childhood unscathed or unimpacted by something. So let's go folks, let's get the old earlobes wet and our hearts beginning to reopen to ourselves and first what we're going to look at is what is developmental trauma or adverse childhood experience so trauma itself is an event that the body experiences beyond its ability or capacity to cope and as our system's main function is survival traumatic experiences are stored differently almost like imprints on our system And developmental trauma or adverse childhood experience is any trauma that happens during a child's growth or developmental stage. As a loose guideline, whatever is forming, growing or being learnt is altered within the brain and nervous system. So, for example, if trauma is experienced at infant sensory stage, it's stored as an implicit memory and an implicit memory is what is used in the very early stages of our life so when we're babies infants and toddlers before our language is formed and this means it changes how we make sense of the experience as all those memories are stored as sensory memories we cannot recall these memories but we can absolutely experience triggers and flashbacks that are felt in the body as our senses react to the sensory memory. And this can often be 
show up as sometimes you may be sitting somewhere possibly chilling like a villain and all of a sudden you get an anxious feeling within your body. That sometimes our sensory memories, our implicit memories rear in their head. It's important for us to know the, that from childhood, for us all from birth, the different stages of development that our brain and nervous system are going through. The very first one where we're making those implicit memories before language is our sensory stage. That's what we're developing at that age. The next one then is our attachment stage. And as we know, with attachment, as we spoke about in the previous podcast, we are massively equipped to survive our environment. And depending on the safety of our environment, we learn different attachment strategies to keep us out of harm and keep our caregivers as close as possible. We learned so young, we're so equipped to manage our environment as best we can to survive. And depending on how safe our environment is for us, these are the strategies we learn. So for example, when we're going through attachment stage, if our caregiver is also our danger point, as in abusive, aggressive, neglectful, this can massively impact how we attach as children and how we attach as adults. This also hugely impacts who we attach to. What can be the predominant response from trauma impacting us at this stage is we can attach to abusive relationships as adults, nearly repeating some of the abuse. And one of the reactions we have, I suppose, is a better way of saying it, is we fawn a lot. Um, as children and as adults and what that means is it's one of our defense responses we try to be everything others want us to be so if that's to be quiet to fit in to not speak up to yeah keep out of the way as much as possible that's to fawn to mimic that's where that shows up in adults if we if we were impacted by trauma when our when our brain and nervous system was developing at, at this stage. Um, the stages after that would be emotional regulation. Emotional regulation is we learned this as children, we've mastered the skill generally by the age of six or seven. And it means that we notice that we're having an, an emotional reaction and that we know what the emotions are. We know how to express them in a healthy way and we can manage our emotions and can basically self-soothe ourselves. As I mentioned before, babies cannot regulate their own emotions. We rely on our parents and caregivers to do that, to co-regulate. But as we grow up as children, as we get a little older, we learn to regulate ourselves. If the environment we're in does not support that enough, we then don't learn the skill of self-regulating. How our parents or caregivers respond to us is what trains our brain for the future. So if our environment isn't safe for us to express our emotions, we're not suited within the environment, we don't feel safe, we then learn that our feelings are dangerous, that it's safer not to feel. So we disassociate, disconnect, don't share our feelings, don't share our needs. And this prevents us learning emotional regulation. So this is how 
trauma or adverse childhood experience impacts us at that stage. This one has a tendency to show up on us as adults where self-destructive behaviours, where alcohol, drugs, um, anything to stuff down or stifle those emotions that we literally don't understand and can't manage ourselves because we never learned to have capacity for them. We have higher levels of anxiety and we go through life feeling a little numbed, a little, a little ungrounded and disconnected from when we're in different environments where we could be often saying, you know, I should be feeling happy, I should be feeling excited and we're not even feeling those positive emotions because when we desensitize ourselves from our emotions, the brain learns to desensitize from all emotions, not just the positive, not just the negative ones, also the positive ones. So this is how trauma shows up at this developmental stage. The next stage that's developing after emotional regulation is behavioral regulation. And This can be otherwise known as what our window of tolerance is, which is basically what our system can cope with, which is like the the state of arousal we can go in or when we're reacting and responding to things and how much we can tolerate. And this is something that uh, we're learning. We're in roughly our, our third stage of development. And again, you know, if we're in a safe environment when we're learning this and our caregivers are responsive and even with their teachings, this broadens our window of tolerance, what we can and can't cope with. If we're not within a safe environment and if we become traumatised during this stage, what happens us is we can very much swing as older children and as, as adults from hyper aroused which is over aroused and that's our system it's not anything mad sexy it's our our nervous system is hyper aroused uh which is our stress responses our amygdala is activated our fight or flight fight or flight or we're hypo aroused which is under aroused and how this impacts our behaviors and how it shows up is in how we react and respond to situations when they happen and that would be, you know, whether we're, we're running away or we're, we're hitting, we're lashing out, we have explosive anger, we're, we're screaming when we get into rows, or we literally go into shutdown. We numb out, we zone out. So our behaviours are quite extreme because our window of tolerance is extremely small. Um, and these reactions are... Again, our nervous system is faster than our brain. These reactions are automatic. So this is not at all about blaming ourselves for how we react or respond. It's looking at why we're reacting and responding that way. And if we never learned to regulate our behaviours, these are some of the things that show up. And if we haven't dealt with them and learned by adulthood, these can show up as lack of impulse control, um, anger issues, that explosive anger showing up and with the impulse control where that impacts is these can be dangerous behaviors or even addictive behaviors we don't have the impulse control to say no we're not as inhibited as another person we would dive in much quicker and sometimes hurt or harm ourselves with our behaviors 
And the next stage of development then is our disassociation stage. And this is another developmental stage for our brain and our nervous system. And disassociation for us is a, it's a survival mechanism. And this is overlooked hugely in the treatment of trauma overall. That when we're, when we're babies, when we're children, again, going back to if we're not in a safe environment, generally children can't escape. They can't run and they can't fight. So the next safest option for them is to disassociate and disconnect, to go off up into their heads, into a safer space and escape into their minds, to create a magical world in their minds or create a place where they are not where they are. Babies and toddlers can disassociate when they feel when the, the situation is too safe for them. And as we get older, it's it's a pattern that we learn when things frighten us or when we're completely overwhelmed by our own fears. The system goes into max overload, hyper arousal. It can't tolerate. So it disconnects and disassociates. It numbs out um, and goes back off up into the head. This behavior can leave us in our life as we get older making it quite difficult for us to connect we're not as connected to or attuned to our bodies um, of what we're feeling in our bodies what's going on because we remain in our heads more where i'll see this show up possibly with clients is they'll come from a very head space and won't have as much understanding of how they feel or why they're feeling the way they feel they if you speak to them about their, their body and what's shown up in their, in their body they will struggle much more to find a sensation or a part of themselves were in their body or what's going on were in their body because they've disassociated disconnected and this becomes a learned behavior um we move where they move away say from their thoughts their feelings um and they their mind was trained to do this in times when things were too unbearable for the system, for the young system to cope with. And we can carry this into later life. And as I mentioned, one of the main things that comes from this is really struggling to connect to others, struggling to connect to yourself and struggling to connect to other people. So if this is showing up in your life, it's really, really valuable to, to bear in mind where this comes from the environment you are in, what you needed to do to survive and how you can start moving through and working with your body and beginning the healing process to reconnect and reintegrate all those parts of yourself. Another massively important stage of our development, now they're all exceptionally important, but this one is our self-concept and our identity development. So our sense of who we are um, and this force starts forming from the very early messages that we receive from the adults that are in our lives. And if the signals and messages that we receive through our senses, let us know that we're we're safe and that we're worth keeping safe. This brings down our defense systems. We don't need to use them, so they don't they don't hyperdevelop. But if we suffer early trauma, uh, we're in our developmental stage, we can develop a deep sense of 
that were bad. And this is where shame starts to creep in. The difference I always tell my clients now between guilt and shame is guilt is feeling bad about something that you've done. Shame is feeling bad about who you are. And this is the, the roots of where this comes from. Um, we develop that sense that we're bad, that we're unwanted, that we need to be or show up as somebody else to be accepted, to be loved. And this is what our, our brain, our nervous system and our heart learn. And this plays a role if we are suffer adverse experiences when this side or this piece of ourselves is developing. This is when our concept of ourselves, what we deserve and our emotions and feelings about ourselves are hugely impacted. We don't, even in later life, accept that, that we're lovable, that we're enough, that we're worthy of keeping safe. And one of the predominant beliefs as humans that we have behind a lot of our pain is not feeling good enough. At some level or another, in different areas of our lives, we don't feel good enough. Depending on what we've experienced, that can be at the lower levels or that can be at the levels that is massively impacting how we show up, how we treat ourselves, whether we allow ourselves to be loved by others, whether we love ourselves and above all else, our concept of who we are, our identity of who we are. Um, and this comes from this very early stage and this continues developing for a number of our early years and then our beliefs are formed. And unless we go back and look at that, we're behaving from that sense of being that we developed as babies, infants and young children and we're treating ourselves according to that. Often the effects of developmental trauma or adverse childhood experience. I know I keep saying the two and I'm sure you get it that one means the other. Um, show up not only in us as children but also as adults and we can be struggling to understand why we're in particular patterns. Um, so what we'll also have a look at here is some of the ways they show up. As I mentioned um, addictions is one of the ways. If we never learn in inhibiting behaviours, our impulse control wouldn't be as strong as if, if we didn't experience uh, trauma. So we're more inclined to move into addiction or self-destructive behaviours. It also can show up in our, our sleep patterns hugely, either with sleep disturbances, waking up in the middle of the night, struggling to sleep, or just poor quality sleep overall. It may have been as a child, it wasn't safe to sleep. It wasn't safe. Maybe there was screaming matches going on downstairs. Um, whatever the experience was, some are even darker than that. It just was not safe to sleep. And this can come out in our patterns as adults and leave us in quite anxious states or very easily startled. And this is due to our amygdala being more enlarged because it needed to develop more when we are children. So we have a heightened sensitivity to threat. And this can be really uncomfortable in us as adults, because again, we're reacting and responding to things and not fully understanding why. So looking at, at some of the things that 
trauma causes, developmental trauma causes in our life, is our steps, our four steps towards healing. A great way of starting to work with healing the wounds from developmental trauma at this stage is look at the image you have of yourself as a child and seeing what you see when you look back. Do you see a beautiful, innocent, vulnerable little child or do you see something that fills you up with negative emotion, distaste, irritation, any of those things? Because this is where our rebirth needs to start. This is where we need to start rebuilding. It's looking back on that child with, with love, with, with innocence, with understanding and compassion. So look at the image you have of yourself as a child at different stages from baby. Now, you may not have all of these memories, but you will have some. And look at what the predominant emotions or feelings that are coming up and start working on shifting any of those negative ones. If you're saying or feeling um, mean or angry about it, look at what the anger is, what the upset is and start shifting what those feelings are. Start being compassionate to yourself and understanding. Again, as I said, self-care is about, as adults, us learning to parent ourselves and often close the gaps and heal the wounds that were created. So looking back with compassion and kindness to ourselves helps us start integrating and wanting to open up to that inner child and rebuild those connections to the parts of ourselves we've exiled or rejected, making us feel whole again, that whole beautiful baby that came onto the planet before the impacts of life, the world, our parents and everything else landed on our senses, our brain and our heart, we can start returning to that, returning to that wholeness. So that's it for me for this week, guys. I hope you've really enjoyed it and got some fabulous takeaways. And as always, I invite you to connect in with me across social media or check me out on my website www.yourgifttoyou.com or email me linda at yourgifttoyou.com guys because I'd love to hear from you and any topics you'd like for us to talk about or any more learnings that you want and please remember give me those reviews because it keeps the podcast getting out there to more people so chat to you very soon guys bye bye